Let's go back to the time when Shamir McLean became an author. Everyone has a story. I'm your host, Chris McLean. Welcome to The Time When, a podcast exploring the lives of everyday people. For additional information pertaining to each episode, visit our website, atimewhen.net. For this episode, I've included links where you can purchase the author's books. Welcome to the show, Shamir McLean. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me on. I know being an author is not your full-time job, so... Tell the listeners what your full-time job is. I am a sixth grade English teacher. I've been teaching for approximately 17 years. So what made you become a teacher? Well, I wanted to become a teacher because, well, one, I always liked working with with children. My first at 12 years old was babysitting and um, just interacting with them and uh, teaching them new things and helping them learn their alphabet. That always um, kind of uh, was like the light of the day, you know, my favorite part. And so... Uh, when I started to think about what I wanted to do in high school, um, we had a program called Future Educators of America. My best friend and I, we joined and we got to work with elementary school students. Um, I really enjoyed it. And so that's what I decided to major in when I came to college. So how'd you find time to become an author while having a full-time job as a teacher? Um, well, one of the things I've always liked to do is write. And I, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm like a constant writer on write every night, but I go in through these spurts where, oh, I really have the, a lot of ideas on my mind. And so I kind of keep a, a couple of journals around and kind of jot down every once in a while. And that when things hit me, that's what I do. Um, so when I first started to think about actually publishing a book, I'd already had quite a few poems and other beginnings of stories that i already started and so I was able to kind of pull from those and use those as the inspiration for the beginnings of my book so with those things I didn't really have to take time away what took the time was actually the formatting of it and and, um, researching illustrators and those types of things and I was able to use some of my summertime to do that Um, really the bulk of the work was doing that during during that time and um, then once the school year hit I was kind of working whenever I could kind of working it into my schedule between grading papers and taking care of my son and husband. Oh, so tell us a little bit about that journaling process you were referring to. Well, for me, I don't even think it's a process. I think whenever things kind of pop in my head, that's what I write. And I think that's the the beauty of journaling is that there is no way to do it or wrong way of doing it. Um, It's a way to express yourself. And so as you're thinking about things, you just kind of jot them down. It's a way to kind of get all those thoughts out of your head, put it on paper so that you can kind of rest. For me, it is anyway. Um, I think I have like topics I write about, you know, things that worry me, about things that make me happy. Um, little poems pop in my head every once in a while, the beginnings of something, and then I kind of finish it out. Um, so for me, there's no process in journaling. I just kind of do it. So you mentioned the hard part was finding illustrators. How do you, how does somebody go about finding illustrators? So as a person who doesn't have the background in writing books or children's books, I really wasn't, um, you know, knowledgeable about the process. All I knew is I needed someone to draw pictures for me because it's not a skill set I had. Um, I had people in my family, friends that I knew um, were artists. Um, some of them didn't really do um, illustrations. Some um, it's like, oh, that's not my type of thing to do. And so I did find one. When that didn't work out, I um, actually was um, 
participating in a program that someone set up and there were some first time authors, independent publisher, published authors there. And I just asked one of them, where did you find your illustrator? And she um, mentioned that she actually had the same difficulty in following illustrators that I did, uh, but she finally went online and she started searching. And she actually gave me uh, two websites, one called TaskRabbit and the other one called Fiverr.com. Um, and those websites um, allow people with skills to kind of just almost sell their services freelance. Um, and so I went on to Fiverr.com and I started looking up children's book illustrators. And what I liked about it was I could always go to a publishing company or um, try to you know pay a, a professional illustrator to illustrate my books. But these people were people were starting out like I was. Um, and I, I really didn't have a huge amount of money that I wanted to sink into the project. It was something I was doing out of fun and out of, you know, something I always wanted to do. So I was able to kind of pick through, see what type of um, illustrations I like, kind of send them um, examples of what I wanted you know, written descriptions and then let them send me back illustrations or their versions or drafts of what they could do. And then I could choose from there. And it was a really nice because um, it was a direct line. We could communicate really well and they don't get payment until I get received what I asked for. Um, so they, they had incentive. So I knew they weren't going to leave me hanging. Um, but I was able to find some really good illustrators on there um, who matched my vision and I was really happy with what I came out with, you know. You said you did not work with a publishing company. So how did you go about getting your book published? Well, the beauty of 2010, 2015, you know, we're in an age where you can pretty much do anything you want online. Um, I was able to use um, Amazon's uh Kindle direct publishing service. Um, they allow you to self-publish your own books. So of course, all of the work is on you to do. Um, you're your own editor, or of course you can hire somebody to do that for you. Um, you have to kind of do your own formatting, those types of things. But once you um, submit it and put it on there, they um, are able to kind of print the book on demand for you. So I went through their service. Um, it's free of cost up front. Um, they do take a portion of, of your sales, but remember that they are doing all the publishing. They take all the orders so people can go right on Amazon and order your book. They print it on demand and send it to your customers. So, um, But the difficulty was that there are specific formats that you have to publish in. And so sometimes working with that, especially with the children book, children's book with illustrations, is sometimes very difficult to kind of make sure that illustrations don't um, uh, bleed over outside of the book um, guidelines um, or you don't have extra space or things like that. So that's where I have the most difficulty. Um, it took a little getting used to. Um, my first book was a learning process and then the second book, another learning process. Um, and I don't think I still have it down, but um, it allowed me to have total control over the product that I put out. So there was no publisher saying, well, I don't like that part. I don't want you to do this part. I need you to take that part out. I was able to control what I gave, what I put out as an author. So you said it was a big learning process. So what do you think is the biggest thing you learned? Um, well, with the program itself, um, I ended up watching lots and lots of videos. So I think, um, before even starting, you want to make sure that you do your research and you kind of look through and um, and see what your resources are. Um, I think that um, 
having a few people, few trusted people to look at what you've done before you put it out there is always great. Um, making sure that you order some author copies, you know, so you can see what your finished product um, looks like before you put it out there to the world so you can catch all the, the minor mistakes, especially you're not, one thing that you get from working with a big publishing company, someone is paid to do all of that. Um, and now it's up to you to do it. So, you know, working through it, let, um, I write children's books. So letting some kids take a look at it and seeing what they like or what they don't like, um, getting some feedback to make changes before you put it out to the world. I think those are, that's one of the things that I kind of learned is important, um, there's definitely some things I would do differently from my first book now that I've done another one. And, um, you know, but the purpose is just to get better every time. That's my goal. So tell our listeners a little bit about about your two books that you have so far. OK, so the first book that I um, published was called Dream Little One Dream. And my inspiration for that book was really my son, Cameron. When Cameron was born um, as an English teacher, I wanted to really inundate him with all kinds of literacy and literature, um, words everywhere, um, letters everywhere, um, books everywhere. And one of the first things I started doing with him, and my, mother, my mother-in-law kind of made fun of me when he was an infant, we would read stories together, but I knew how important literacy was for him. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that was a big part of his life. I um, started to look for books and I wanted to kind of have books around with characters that looked like him and I didn't see a lot. So I wanted to make sure that um, when I did start publishing my books, I incorporated the illustrations, incorporated little brown boys, you know, African-American children, um, but also children of lots of different races and colors. And when you look at the book, Dream Little and Dream, when you look through it, you'll see um, it's full of images of different races and cultures and things in there. Um, but the book itself is a bedtime story. So just like I used to do with Cameron, I would want it, it to be a book that adults could read to children for bedtime. Um, so it tells the story of a little boy who is put to bed and after prayers, he goes to sleep and he goes and starts to have dreams um, and goes through kind of a dream world until he finally kind of comes back to his bed. Um, and so it's kind of full of fantasy unicorns and fairies <laughs> and those types of things. He's um, going through the ocean with dolphins and um, flying through the sky. Um, but those are the types of things that I always loved when when I was a kid and so I wanted to incorporate those into um, my story. The um, book itself, the text is actually a poem that I wrote about 10 years ago, um, long before I actually thought about making it a book, but it was just a, a one of the poems I journaled um, that came to my head. Um, the second book, Sister, Sister, um, the idea I kind of got from just watching siblings. I have three sisters of my own. We had the same mother, same father. We grew up in the same household, but looking at how different we all are in our personalities, um, watching my mother-in-law and her sister, my mother and her sisters, um, and my two grandmothers, they both have one sister, and seeing how, although they love each other so much, they are so very different in personality. Um, and I wanted to draw from that. And so the book is about two sisters, um, all of their differences, the things that they they like and the other one doesn't um but then also um towards the end kind of comes together and talks about how much they do love each other the things they love to do together and so it's just a, a cute story about you know 
family about sisterhood and how much, you know, although we're so different, we can love each other and be there for one another. Um, I really love how the illustrations came out on that one. It's very vibrant, um, very colorful. Um, kids really love it. Um, and they like looking at the pictures. Uh, the illustrator did a wonderful job of um, incorporating my ideas. And, and so it kind of tells the story through the pictures. So for any kids who are reading it, who aren't, who can't necessarily read it on their own, they could definitely follow the story through the pictures. Um, so it's good for kids who are, you know, a bedtime story for uh, someone to read to their child, but also kids who are learning to read could read it on their own as well. You talked about the importance of words and literacy when when people are, are young. Uh, is it true that you used to write words on the mirror of your son when he would brush his teeth? That when he was about three or four years old and while he brushed teeth or brushed his teeth, he would have to stare at words in the mirror? <laughs> that is absolutely true. Absolutely. You know, I am a, a English teacher, as, as you know, and um you know, I work with kids who are, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade who who can't read on grade level. And I I could almost tell when I was teaching, I could almost tell which kids were exposed to literature and words and text early on and which ones when they got to school was the first time they really got, you know, experience with books. And so I wanted to make sure that that wasn't my child. You know, I wanted to make sure he got a, a leg up on that. And so, yes, <laughs> I would write sight words on his mirror and we would go over them as he brushes teeth. Um, that was one of our routines, along with many others <laughs> that kept words kind of in his face. But he loves to read and he's an excellent reader now. He likes words. He loves stories. Um, and I, we're actually working on a book together, <laughs> um, stories for him. But he wants to help me out so he can he'll be a co-author. Um, but I, I thought that was a really important thing to do. Literature, literacy um, is important. We talk about how in every subject now he's starting to in his math class read word problems and he knows that he him being able to read well helps him in his math class because he can understand what the questions being asked so he sees how literature and literacy um helps him throughout his life and so that's what i wanted to instill in him well besides for writing sight words on on mirrors do you have any other tips or suggestions for mothers of, of infants or mothers or fathers of infants out there um Infants, I, I think that what um, one of the biggest things to do, and I think you and I both do this, um, is just being a model for your kids. Um, your kids need to see that you're reading as well, right? So if you want them to read, and that's with everything you do, if you want your kid to do something, you want, to, want them to know that it's important, then you they should see you doing it as well. You know, do as I, you know, that do as I say, not as I do. It should be the, do as I do, you know, um, because that's what the kids will do. They'll see you doing it, and so they're going to copy what you do. And so, being a model, um, that in modeling that, hey, words are important, books are important. Even if it's a newspaper, you know, newspaper that you're reading. Some people love newspapers. Um, if you are, you know, you like to read just articles. So there's. They see you reading those types of things. If you love fantasy stories, um, one of the things I also started doing was in the age of technology, I noticed that I started reading books on my phone, but I think he thought that I was just playing on my phone. And so I start to um, deliberately buy books again so that he can see, oh, I have a book in my hand mommy's reading. Um, and I started, you know, um, making sure that he had books in his hand. Um, my husband, also 
purchases books so that he can see that we are actually reading and that reading is important. Um, another thing in the age of technology, there are so many different apps um, that you can use with your kids. And instead of um, early on introducing them to all of the fighting games and all that, introducing them to the educational games. Um, early on, Cameron really, he wouldn't know what a Ninja Turtle was or anything like that, but he definitely knew who Super Y was because he was teaching them letters, his alphabet, letter sounds, those types of things. So um, I guess exposing them to shows and electronics and even games that encourage education, those types of things, rather than just things that they can do for fun. Because what they'll see is that, oh, this is fun. They don't even know that they're not doing something, you know, that other kids think isn't fun, you know. Um, the learning games will become what they consider fun, and that's what they'll choose to do. So. All right. You mentioned that you were working on a book with your son. Any other uh, future projects you're working on? Um, yes. Yeah, so I actually have a couple of things that I'm working on now. I have um, a series that I would like to um, to start. I have a one full um, version of a, a text that I've completed, um, but I'm working on kind of finishing that out and rounding out and really making it so that it'll work as a series um, about a little girl who's, um, I don't want to give it all away, but a little girl who's a substitute <laughs> in her own classroom. Um, so kind of school-based and then also a um, book for young adults um, as well that I'm working on. Okay, that sounds great. Well, thank you for coming in. Uh, it was really interesting to learn about your books and also the great tips you gave parents uh, for teaching literacy to their, to their young ones. Uh, do you have any words of encouragement or inspiration for anybody who is thinking about becoming an author but just hasn't yet really fully jumped in? Just do it. Right, Nike? <laughs> um, so I think that that's really kind of the, the thing. Just do it, you know. Start looking, um, looking into and researching what the process might be and just go for it. Um, you're the only thing stopping yourself in that. Nowadays, you don't have to wait for an agent or a publisher to come to you. You can do it on your own and kind of get yourself out there on your own, on your own terms. All right, great. I uh, want to thank all the listeners for, for tuning in this time. Make sure you go to our website, atimewin.net, where you can find links to uh, purchase both the books by the author. Or you could just go straight to Amazon, where you can also purchase the books. And remember, everyone has a story.